Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. I have the beautiful Nicole Montgomery with me this morning. I met her a couple of years ago. She came to a three-day event I ran called The Essence of Wellbeing back in 2018. Nicole loved the conversation so much that she ended up being a mentee of mine for 12 months. Nicole is an incredible woman, someone I, I have enjoyed immensely spending time with. She's got the kindest heart a great love of people and children. Nicole's a a teacher. She's been a primary school teacher for 15 years. She's got two children of her own. She's currently the wellbeing coordinator at her school. She's been director of learning and held numerous leadership roles and has a wealth of knowledge. I just thought it'd be great to have her on the podcast today because I know there's some wonderful things that Nicole can share with us. So welcome, Nicole. Great to have you here. Thank you, Fee, for the very kind introduction. I'm very excited to be here, so thanks for having me. So tell me, we were I know we were chatting, we were Nicole and I were chatting for a little bit before we started recording. And I said to her, What is it that you think that you bring to the kids at your school? And she said, What I see is that we have this innate resilience and well being inside of us. And that's what she's pointing her students to or the or the, the children that are lucky enough to be to be taught by Nicole. I just wondered if maybe you could expand a little bit on that for me. Yeah, well, I think I see it. I think we all see it in our everyday lives, but particularly in a, in schools where kids at times are so vulnerable with life and you know they get as adults do as well, but get so overwhelmed with I think the challenges that life tends to throw at them and I think what I love about this conversation and this understanding is that just pointing kids in this direction of, hey, it's actually okay. Do you know that you have this inbuilt well-being and resilience that you actually don't need to do anything about? You don't need to work at it. You don't need to strive. You don't need to implement strategy upon strategy. And I think when we point not only children but adults, to the innate potential and and capacity that we have. It's amazing how much your thinking can really drop away and there's just such a simpler and just freer way of living. And if we can teach our children this at, at a young age, I think the world would just, I mean, it would just be amazing. The suffering and the misunderstanding is so innocent. And, yeah, it's just what I love about this this conversation is, we can actually, once we see this for ourselves, wow. I know we said before the call that it's my relationship with me that really impacts how I show up and then impacts all the relationships around me. What do you think has been the biggest learning for you around that since you you came to that event in 2018 and things that you've done since? one of the biggest things is perhaps getting over myself and uh, my my ego (laughs) 
And I think I had such limiting beliefs about who I was and think what actually happened. I mean, I've shared with you many times is I sort of had a bit of a midlife crisis when I was teaching and then I, I moved into, you know, a community development role thinking perhaps that I'd try something different because I didn't realise how, how in my head I was around teaching and I just got to a point where I think, to be honest, I was experiencing some level of anxiety around teaching and all of the complexities that came with that and the planning and the the overwhelm. I think I was in a real place of overwhelm and thought, you know, very innocently that a career change might be it, might help solve my issue. Well, what what unraveled very quickly was I realized I got into this job where hierarchically I was at the bottom of the ladder, which that didn't really bother me, but I was in a field where I knew nothing about what I was doing, like zero. And it was interesting because I all of a sudden thought, who am I? Like, I'm not a teacher now. I'm not having impact. Whereas when I was a teacher, I actually felt that at least I was having some sort of impact. Part of my purpose is to really be of service to others and to help people. And all of a sudden I was in a role where I was like, oh, what is my impact? What what am I having? And especially when you know nothing about a job. So, (laughs) yeah, I think the good old identity question popped up. And that's when I remember reaching out to you. But yeah, it was fascinating because I really had to get over myself and I really, really became aware through this understanding of how I began to show up. You know, all of a sudden, my thinking began to fell away around the identity of who I was. Like I thought I was a teacher, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. And yeah, I very, very quickly saw, thank goodness, that that's actually not who who I am and who we are, the essence of who we are isn't in a job or a title. It became quite freeing where I, once I saw this and I thought the potential of who I am really limited it and it was extremely narrow. The teacher and that was it. You know, I was a mum, that was it. I was a wife, that was it. I was a friend. And I think once I saw that that's actually not who I am or who we all are as human beings. It became a lot freer. My thinking dropped away and I started to really trust in that potential that we all have that innate potential of showing up in any given moment of any experience. There's so much potential within that and it's just so incredibly freeing to see that. And therefore, for me, looking in this direction, I show up incredibly different, especially to my children, to my husband, and then as a teacher as well, I've shown up differently to the kids and I just see them so very differently. So I'm still the same person, but the lens in which I view my life through is incredibly different. It's, yeah. it's much simpler, it's, it's much freer. And don't get me wrong, this isn't 100% of the time because this is the amazing thing about being human it's the the dance of life or isn't it really it's it's like a roller coaster and you come in and out of that absolutely but I actually don't get as lost in my thinking as much anymore like I used to have thought babies and one of my beautiful students has actually recoined that is in uh, thought families so you might have a thought baby but then (laughs) then you have thought families about the same thing and it's hilarious because I can so relate to that and I think we all do we all 
have thought babies or get lost in that rabbit warren of thinking. And yes, it definitely happens at times, but I sort of bounce back much quicker from that because I actually go, hang on a minute. This is not actually who I am. I'm just getting lost in my thinking at the moment. I'm in a bit of a thought storm and I trust now that will calm down. And once my thinking settles and calms down, I actually will have a different perspective on it. I'll see something different. Before I would get so gripped by that and whether it was with my marriage with my husband or at school or with a colleague or my kids it doesn't grip me as much now as it used to and I think because of that it's like our own little secret superpower isn't it because we know that I just don't take life as seriously or as personally I used to think oh my goodness that means something about me you know I'm a really horrible wife or teacher or colleague or mum whereas now I actually giggle a lot more at myself I'm like wow you just got sucked in again by the game of life so there's a lot more freedom in, you know, I think once you sort of see, see something different. I love what you said around, around having more freedom, around the fact that you, you get over things more quickly, you don't feel so gripped. You know, these all sound like simple things, but they have such a big impact, don't they? I totally relate to that being gripped by my thinking. And when we say gripped by our thinking, it, all we really mean is it's when I have a thought in my head that feels really real, really true, really compelling and that I I really start to engage with and it might be an upset thought or a worried thought or a frustrated thought or a sad thought or a self-righteous thought, I have a lot of those, where they look really real and true and then I just cycle around. We're gripped by our thinking. What we tend to do innocently is look out here for all the evidence to validate it and, Mm. of course, The fact that we have that thinking means that we will see that evidence. And then, of course, we just get really lost. We don't realise that that really impacts how we we show up. And I've got upset thinking, I'm in an upset feeling, which means I'm going to be upset out here to the people around me. And it looks like it's the people around me or the situation that's created that. But what I can't see in that moment, that it's actually just my upset thinking that's created. Mm. And that's where we have the... The thought babies or the thought families, isn't it? Where you, you have a thought about your thinking. You start thinking about your thinking and then you start thinking about your thinking about your thinking. And then before you know it, it's a world of thought. Yeah, I've really seen this a few times actually, particularly in my marriage with my husband, the poor love. Like he's been a, a massive blind spot for me. And, you know, I'm like, why am I not getting this? I see it with other people, but I just can't see it with him. What I have noticed is that even in, in my work life, there's been times when someone has outside of me, they're behaving a certain way and, or there's situations that have unfolded. And I honestly go, wow, like when you get that thought and then you get that feeling where you're like, oh, my goodness, they're doing this to me. And and like you said, you start gathering evidence and the more thinking you have, the more we're blowing up this balloon and we keep blowing a, a, a thought into this balloon metaphor. And the more thinking we have around that, the more thought babies we have, 
our feeling then intensifies. And the more that intensifies, the more real it looks. You know, it looks so incredibly true. And I've become extremely self-righteous or I'm, this is so real, like they are actually doing this to me or she's done this to me or he's done this to me. And you're validating your own thinking and you think it's your truth. But actually what's happened is hilariously, when I've let my thinking settle, I then see something different and something will happen, like an experience outside, say, with some colleagues. And I actually sit there and laugh at it because it comes back to this separate realities conversation where I'm seeing this situation through my own lens, through my own set of glasses, and they're actually viewing it through a different set of lenses, different set of glasses. And what's hilarious is because I have this understanding I am able to have this high level of awareness, not all the time, where I I am able to have that ability where I go, oh, right, yeah, they were seeing something else in the moment and I was seeing something else in that moment. And hilariously, it's like the, the Jenga block. Once I see the nature of thought and how that was operating there, it falls away, it collapses. And it's like, ah, and so I think, for me, what's fascinating is my well-being isn't attached to that anymore, whereas I would go in this cycle of massive, massive insecure thinking and whether it was a situation with colleagues, husbands, whatever, friends, my children, you just cycle through that. But what I've noticed now is that it's actually just my insecure thinking around this external experience that's happening to me you know, yeah, I don't see it all the time. Absolutely not. In the moment, I don't catch it. But this understanding has the ability, for me, I've, I've been able to see that I can bounce back from these types of things much quicker and that I do not tie my well-being to something outside of me because I know that, that there's a, a false logic to that. It's just not It's just not how life works. You know, someone can't actually plant a feeling inside of me. And so I think that's been one of the biggest things, helpful things for me is that, yeah, all this stuff outside of me is happening and it looks, it really looks like they're doing something to me. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's actually my thinking around that experience that's happening outside of me. That's really quite empowering and there's a lot of freedom within that because my psychological well-being is not dependent on a circumstance outside of me. Mm. Does that make sense? I think for me, I see it for what it is. You said earlier that it's really helped you get over yourself. What do you mean by that when you say get over yourself? What does that mean? What that means for me is I think who I thought I was around my identity, around lots and lots of insecure thinking I perhaps well I know I had about myself what I can do what I can't do what I'm not good at things so like that don't take that as seriously as truth yeah it's a little more translucent or not as absolute yeah. anymore it's a lot more fluid now like it's it's not a fact like you're really bad at maths fact well, okay, I might, um, you know, I might not be, but if I actually want to learn, I, I can. I can actually, you know, upskill myself in that area. Or whereas before, something like I'm no good at this, it's 
say, for example, if I use the mass example, I'm, I'm really bad at mass, that would grip me. And then I think that would mean, that would say, well, this means A, B, C, D, E about you. Does that make sense? Or you're a really bad friend. Therefore, this means this, 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 and this. And it became, it became very fact-based. It was a truth. It was real. It was fixed. Whereas I guess what, I, what I've seen now is, no, there's such fluidity within that because our innate potential and capability is just, is infinite, is so enormous. And I just don't get gripped as much. I don't get so freaked out and so scared of my experiences of life because I know, well, we have this amazing innate resilience and capacity inside of us. So you know what, I'm going to look in that direction (laughs) as opposed to freaking out. No, I love that. I love that because that's so true. We we don't even realise that we have this thinking that we live with that we we see as absolute truth. And as you and I have talked many times, once you normalise something, it becomes invisible to you. I had a gentleman last week come to me and say, I've just realised I've always told myself I'm not good with conflict. I don't like conflict. I hate conflict. And he said, actually, that's not true, is it? And I said, mm. I don't know, you tell me. And he said, said, no. He said, I'm just someone who had a lot of thinking that said I hate conflict. I, he said, I can see now that's just, just because I had that thinking doesn't make it true. And it was interesting because mm. he had to make a big decision about changing careers. And um, he had to sit down with his current boss and say, look, I've given this industry a go and, I'm, and he'd been putting it off and putting it off. And the moment he saw that, He sat down, had the conversation, and he said, I had it from such a different place. And he said, it actually ended really, really well. This thing that I've been so terrified of, once Mm. I saw that it's not that I'm not good with conflict, I just have a lot of I'm not good with conflict thinking. You know, it just becomes a very different relationship. So, yeah, I love that, Nicole. I think that gives us so much scope. And as I talk about a lot, when it comes to relationships, which are my absolute passion in life, it's our relationship with ourselves that's the most fundamental one. And so when you're able to have more flexibility around your own identity, Mm -hmm. around what you think you can and can't do or you're good at or not good at, this is where you see that your capacity to have great relationships is unlimited. I often have people come to me and say, I'm not good with emotions. And now I love that because I I know at some point they're going to see that that's not true they're going to see that that's just a result of thinking that they've had and then evidence that they've gathered to validate that thinking. But the beautiful thing about thought, isn't it? Just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. That's so true. And you've said this before, which I absolutely love. There's not necessarily anything wrong with us. We don't have a problem per se. And we talked about this before. We just have a state of mind problem that is such a big player in in how we view the world and show up. And, you know, and one of the things I think, which I'm so grateful I've seen, is that just because we have a thought, it doesn't mean it's true. That alone has been incredibly freeing. You know, the self-talk that I think a lot of us have around ourselves, who we are, what we can do, who we should be, what type of mum we should be, what type of wife, what type of friend, colleague. I think we have this inner dialogue with ourselves that is so incredibly harsh, I think, because we have a thought, we think it's real and we go, oh, that must be true. But 
the greatest illusion of life, isn't it? It's actually doesn't net just because we have a thought doesn't mean it's true or worthy of our time or attention or yeah. an indicator of anything right it's literally just a picture you've painted in that moment that's the one you've painted it's like taking a photo with your iphone you take a photo and go oh that's not very good next let's try again yeah. and that's that's exactly what we need to be doing with our thinking it's like oh yeah okay what else you know, in our relationships, that's gold, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, and I alluded or referred to it before, my poor husband, who has been my <laughs> biggest blind spot for quite a long time. Like I was taking photos of my relationship with my husband and going, yeah, that's so true. That's so real. He's showing up like this. Therefore, you know, I get a thought about it and this means this. And this means this about our relationship and maybe we're not compatible and I am putting in so much and he's not. And what's hilarious is very recently I've seen how personally I was taking my husband. Again, this separate realities conversation and I would take anything he said incredibly personally, but I honestly didn't see it. Like I did not see it. I didn't see how personal I was taking him how incredibly self-righteous I was being perhaps and how I was showing up. And I really could not see this for a long time. I was gathering all this evidence and facts that absolutely, like I am so justified in my reasons why I think this, this, this and this about my husband. He owns a business, he's never home, I do everything, blah, blah, blah. And that inner voice just kept validating, yep, yep, I'm right, he's wrong. What's fascinating is that the bolt has just started to be loosened with that and that little crack in the door has started to open where I started to see something differently Mm. in that it's not a fact he's not doing this this and this like I think it's a fact but you know we can view all of these this the painting you just referred to like that I've been painting one picture of him I've been taking one photo and I've been ruminating it and ruminating on it and locked in and you know there's no room for edits there's no room for restarting there's no room for painting over it and starting again do you know what I mean I, I didn't realize how fixed I was in my view of mm-hmm. of my husband and yeah for some reason it's just started to shift and because it's shift, started to shift, it's been really fascinating because one, it's shifted, but two, I've been able to see something different in my husband. Therefore, I, I have such a different feeling toward him and therefore I show up incredibly different. And yes, it's not all the time. And what I love about this understanding is it just keeps pointing you inward. I know that my husband cannot place a feeling in me. I just know that's physically not possible. So I have to go, okay, hang on a minute. I'm not seeing something here. (laughs) There is something I'm not seeing and I just have to get quiet. And there's been many challenging situations that I've perceived as challenging. But what's hilarious is when my thoughts have settled, my snow globe, I wasn't shaking it. That's when the biggest I guess an insight has occurred to me and it's come at the most random moments. Like I'm like, oh, where did that come from? And I've seen something different. I've had a different thought around a conversation we've had saying it's ended in a bit of conflict where I'm so right and he's so wrong. And, and it's fascinating because 
just see something different. And because of this, I'm starting to show up differently to him. I'm not as reactionary, as self-righteous, as, as this is a fact. You know, and there's a bit of creativity within that painting now of how I'm painting our relationship, the image, yeah, of our relationship. I love hearing that, Nick, because, you know, the thing that we don't realise is when we're gripped by our thinking, and, and I'm going to talk about just in our relationships, and it looks mm. like this person's put made us feel a certain way, and I love how you describe that no one can put a feeling mm. in it, and that is so true. No one and nothing can put a feeling in you. Now, I know that can be a tricky thing for people to hear the first time, and, and I get it, but when you really see that, it opens up the whole world to something else. A whole new world, literally, and that's certainly been my experience. But you were saying before, one of the things we don't realise is that when we're really gripped and upset by our thinking, as you were saying before, we don't realise we live in the feeling of that upset. And that feeling really has a detrimental effect on goodwill, on partnership, on having a meeting of the minds, on how you communicate, on all being on all those things that we think really matter, right? Me seeing that was huge for my marriage, that when I'm upset, I'm living in the feeling of that. And then my behaviour becomes a reflection of that. And then everyone around me gets impacted by that because I'm living in the feeling of my upset and I don't have to. It looked like I had to. As you said before, when it looks justified, you don't see it as optional. It looks like a requirement to be upset. It looks like a requirement to be self-righteous. It looks like a requirement to be a martyr or whatever it is. It looks like that is what is required in that moment. I think that's one of the lovely things about this understanding, isn't it, is those things that look like a requirement start to look optional. So I love that. And then there's room for something else. The same old, same old, same old. Upset, argument, I'm right, you're wrong, offensiveness, and then retreating into separate corners until we calm down, everything's okay for a bit, and then we have the same. That was certainly my marriage. I know, it's so true, and I, I so love how you talk about something that's optional versus a requirement. And, again, I didn't see, like in my marriage with my husband, I felt because it looked like a fact to me, it's a requirement on how I should act to that. Of course I should be annoyed and upset that he's doing this to me. And it's so hilarious because now that that, that bolt or that nut has slowly loosened, I'm starting to see that it's optional on how I react to that or how I respond. And poor guy, I've been like this chihuahua, like, you know, <laughs> because I just so saw that it was a fact on what he was doing to me. Like he is really annoying the bejeebus out of me. Like, yeah. of course I'm going to feel like this. And therefore I would go, rah, 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 rah. certainly I'm seeing that it's optional how I choose to then respond to that. Mm -hmm. And because I see that it's so optional and there's gazillion different ways I could respond to that, it's so incredibly freeing and I'm not so gripped by us as a our relationship and how he's his behavior is impacting me because I'm like well actually this is actually on me in a sense I love that and I guess that comes back to the point you were making before about getting over yourself when you're not so gripped it's easier isn't it to to, yeah. to let something go to take another look to kind of go hang on a second I don't know that what I'm seeing right now is all that helpful and 
that's what happens when you're not so gripped. You've got room for, for yeah. other things because I was incapable of getting over myself. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. <laughs> Even when I would say to myself, Fiona, you need to get off your high horse, I'd be like, I can't do it. I, I can't. It looks so... Yeah, or, or we don't want to. We're like, uh-uh, I'm not getting off. No, he needs to change or she needs to change or they need yeah. to change and then I will. And, of course, we don't realise that very thinking and it's thinking, thinking that someone else needs to change, thinking that it's coming from out here. It's all thought. But once we're gripped by it, that looks like truth. It yeah. looks like that thing has to change before I can change. Just that in relationships all of a sudden it's like okay well if it's not that what else the opportunity for the what else that is so Mm. incredibly powerful I love that Nicole and I know you and I have have had many chats about this because we both have laughed about how we can be self-righteous or we can get gripped or we can get lost and you know how that impacts how we parent how that impacts all of those things so I really want to thank you for your time I know that there's just so much value in what you've you've shared i want people to hear from everyday people yeah. how this has impacted them and you know there's so many areas there's you know obviously the work that you now do is completely changed you're running these brand new programs called the spark program at, at your school you're you're now making a difference and i know you've said to me that what you're teaching your students has had ripple effects at home where you've actually had parents ringing you saying what, whatever you taught my son or daughter, could you teach me? Because people can see the benefit of that. Life's pretty hard at times, isn't it? It looks extremely hard. But through this conversation, I, I've seen that it, it doesn't actually have to be that hard and that much suffering. And so this is what I just really love to get out there. Thank you, Nicole. Such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to subscribe, share with your friends and leave a review in iTunes. And if you're keen to continue the conversation, head on over to my website, fionalukies.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass.